You are now listening to Between Us Girls, the podcast, where we discuss life's fuckeries and then some over wine. stumbled upon our show by accident we appreciate you listening in and you can always find us on stitcher soundcloud <laughs> itunes google play and social media facebook between us girls the podcast instagram between us girls podcast and twitter at girl talk and wine um danielle is here to talk to you about supporting us on patreon okay um Really? I didn't know I was here for that. Well, I just I just did one, and it was very dry, and I liked it the was, way you did Oh, you like the way I, I said? Oh, yeah. and that's so sweet. Um, so, bitches, um, <laughs> what you will do is. <laughs> um, so, if you like our show, and you want to see us grow and become mega millionaires, superstars, um... Yeah, and call us your friend. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead and head on over to patreon.com backslash, I'm sorry, patreon backslash betweenusgirls.com and support your girls. Yes. And you support might get us. a nude of Danielle. You never know. Yeah. So, so, might get a titty shake. Hey, uh, just saying. Wiggle, with a, wiggle. With a, na- might, with a, a naked titty. A, a, a naked titty. A motorboat, maybe? <laughs> motorboat titty, bitch. <laughs> Half of a cheek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. If you uh, do support us, you'll become a friend of the show, and it comes with some benefits. Danielle will. Danielle's cheek. No, she will twerk for you. We'll twerk. I mean, for I donation. will watch a YouTube video and learn how to twerk. <laughs> See, and then twerk for that you. is dedication, fam. <laughs> that is dedication. Yeah. my money. Oh my goodness. Okay, so this week. Fan of the week is Nicole Farre. She's always sharing and supporting and listening. And she's actually been a fan of our show for like the last, gosh, 15 weeks or something like that. Like she's been in there. I feel like she's been a little bit longer. Really? 15? Maybe so. Um, I don't know. I'm just guessing. She's she's like kind of go hard on Twitter, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Hey, hey, Nicole. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being so super supportive. We really appreciate you. Like, yeah, totally. and you guys might remember her too um, from all of my posts where I talk about her skin moisturizer. So. <laughs> <laughs> like all of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like me and Michaela are moisturizing our skin with, right. with this. Yes, with photos. So we have a guest today. It's a very interesting episode. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to talk a little bit about. Some kinky stuff. Get really kinky today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was that song? Can we get kinky tonight? Like Coco. Yeah. Come on now. So we have a guest. Her Uh-oh. name is Stephanie. And she's actually a licensed master social worker. Mm-hmm. So by day, she's like totally low-key straight-laced. 
And then, <laughs> then at night, I hear that she gets a little bit freaky. Okay. <laughs> so what she does is she actually provides individual couple and group counseling for people who need support with sexuality, sexual health, um, and couples and relationship counseling. And she frequently teaches social workers and mental health professionals about kink and getting kinky. <laughs> and she's currently writing a book about kink aware practice. So welcome, Stephanie. Hi. Thank you for having me. We really thank you for coming. That's yes. We are the ones who are honored. We were like really excited right now. Right? Seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>. No idea. <laughs> no idea. None. Everybody likes talking about the dirty stuff. And when you can do it in a way that's professional, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, let me just get paid real quick to talk about how <laughs> y'all like to do the nasty. <laughs> um, okay, so before we get into our interview, we do need to talk about what we're sipping on. So, sip and tell, what are we drinking? Tonight, we are sipping on a Bordeaux made by Village. The vintage <laughs> by, by Village. I don't know why. I really, it's like a picture. Y'all will see the bottle online, but it's like I wanted to say Village People. I don't know why. I know that's what I thought when you said I Village. Was like, village I said the village this people. YMCA popped yes. in my head. I'm sorry. Pretty much. Anyway, um, this is the vintage is 2011, and it looks like it's out of Sonoma, California, and our alcohol is 12.5 percent. They know they're wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I like this. Okay. okay anyway. Well, let me tell you why I picked that one up. Because I like the top. It's green. Green okay. is one of my favorite colors. It's pretty. But the alternative was like a four ninety nine Savion Blanc, and I was like, I should buy this, but I'm not. But gonna I'm do not going to do it. Right. Well, we appreciate you buying this Bordeaux. Thank you. From France. You're welcome. No, from Sonoma. No, it's, from Im Sonoma. it's imported. I'm sorry, I was wrong. It's imported <laughs> through this company in Sonoma, but it's actually made in France. Oh, that's oh, why. The, oh, that's why okay. I had the basic ass name <laughs> village. village. We don't know no more American words. You well, don't. Well, I think you don't need town, to know right? shit else. Yes. Yeah, Bordeaux. Is a town. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's the city, yeah. and it's also a grape that is in that, that city. originated from yeah. France. Yeah. Village. Anyway, Thank you, you village. village. In the French. I'll find out. Village. Village. <laughs> well, it kind of sounds like it. I Your mean. mic's off. That's probably how you say it, though. Like village. In the village. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a French person trying to speak English? Y'all don't. Okay. All right. So, oh, my God. I don't like that. All right. So, we are going to use our scorecard. Well, Danielle and I are going to use the scorecard. Um, exactly. Jen, Danielle, grab your scorecard. I, I, I used it last time. I know, but... But we don't. She be using it. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to rate the wine on appearance, aroma, body, taste, and finish. One thing I know about this wine already is it ain't shit because the alcohol content is only 12%. No, I think. Okay. But then I'm wrong when I point out <laughs> when it has a high fucking alcohol. See, this is why our relationship has problems, <laughs> Michelle. This is why. Okay, so the top, the top score is a 25 um, we'll go to 25 or 30. Depends on how we feel. All right. <laughs> 30? So. Uh, never no, mind. Sharonda said 30 one time. We Sh were all joking. I probably did. I'm not going to fucking deny it. She didn't even look at the scorecard. She just said 30. <clears throat> Y'all know I do not forget anything. We know you don't. So. 
All right, so we're going to get into the interview, but uh, we need to talk about kind of how we arrived here. Um, After reading an article about people in the BDSM community having an issue with Fifty Shades of Grey, our curiosity was sparked about that lifestyle. And we decided we needed to understand the structure of it, as well as finding out like kind of how somebody might fall into, you know, a submissive or a dominant. Fall into some cuffs. I guess. Is that like <laughs> slipping and falling on a dick? Yeah. Like, oh, like bitch, sort of. Like, oh, shit. Here goes some handcuffs. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So we figured we should get a professional to come talk to us about it. And Stephanie is a super professional. So, like, she's here. So, are you ready for your super serious interview? <laughs> super totally. Serious. Okay. I don't know that I'm capable of being super serious, but I'll try if you want me to. No. 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 <laughs> That was such sarcasm. Such sarcasm. All right, awesome. <laughs> okay, so what is uh, kink awareness practices? Is that like where you just like train people how to get like sort of beat up in the bedroom? Or... <laughs> so kink aware practice is actually a an approach that the clinician takes in their therapy. Okay. It is understanding the dynamics of kink, uh, the motivations that drive somebody to a BDSM or a kinky or fetish lifestyle, understanding the dynamics that play into a power exchange relationship, and then being able to work with people where they are when they're often in relationships that our society kind of gives a side eye to at best and openly discriminates and ostracizes at worst. Um, I do not teach people how to get kinky because as a social worker, I'm held to certain ethical professional right. standards. Right. So if I'm working with somebody in a therapeutic setting, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to be like, let me come into the bedroom and show you how it's done. <laughs> right. <laughs> what I can do is say, you're coming to me with something that you want to learn more about. I can help you explore the emotions behind that, the thought processes behind that, and I can help you find the resources that can teach you more about the practical application. So I don't teach people how to beat one another, but I can hook them up with people that can teach them how to beat one another safely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. Safely is that the is key awesome. word. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, we can... We're safe, whatever. But okay. That's awesome. So can you just explain a little bit of what BDSM is just for people who don't um, really know what it is? Is it considered a fetish or is it like two separate things? Okay. So BDSM is actually one acronym mm. that encompasses three separate things. B&D, which is bondage and discipline. BNS, ah. which is dominance and submission. And S&M, which is sadism and masochism. So if you think about it like a Venn diagram, those overlapping circles, Mm -hmm. sometimes those will overlap and sometimes they won't. You might have somebody that's really, really interested in bondage, but has zero interest in dominance or submission. And you might have somebody that's really, really dominant and also really interested in S&M play. So they can be separate and they can overlap. They're a little bit different than what clinically would be considered a fetish because a fetish is something where people attach a sexual um, desire or infatuation with um, an object. 
So people can have a foot fetish, a shoe fetish. They can have, you name it, the fetishes out there. So there can be fetishistic aspects to people's BDSM relationships, but people can have a kinky relationship that doesn't involve any fetish play at all. They're very separate and distinct groups that sometimes, but don't always overlap. Well, my Damn. mind is now blown. I know. Yes. Like, I don't Shit. have. I'm like, like Damn. now I needed to go into sections. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> well, I, I guess what where I kind of I'm a little bit confused at is if you like bondage, like if I like to be tied up. You do. That, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> but would that be? Wouldn't that be considered being submissive? So the way I always explain it is that bondage and discipline is a giving over of control Mm -hmm. in terms of restriction of movement, restriction of behavior, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Dominance and submission is a giving over of authority. Mm -hmm. You are telling somebody else that I am going to give up some of my power to you. I'm going to empower you to make decisions and choices for me, and I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And then sadism and masochism is an exchange of sensation. Some people, usually people tend to default to thinking of S&M as being pain. And it can be, I mean, sadistic, it's there in the name. Mm -hmm. But it can be a full spectrum because everybody has a different uh, threshold for pain and sensation. So when I'm doing education around it, instead of saying it's about exchange of pain, I usually say it's about exchange of sensation. So, yes, there are aspects of that giving up in all three of them, but what you're giving up varies from group to group. You can be willing to get tied up and you can really, really enjoy getting tied up without that necessarily being a submissive thing. Because it could be that what you enjoy about that is the physical sensation of having your movement restrained or Mm. the tactile sensation of the leather or the rope or whatever is being used to tie you up. It's not necessarily giving up the authority over your decisions and your relationship and your autonomous sense of self the way that a dominant and submissive relationship would be. Does that make sense? So then the bondage would be more of a physical aspect or sexual aspect and then the um, the dominance and dominance and um, being submissive would be more of an emotional. Is that what you're kind of saying? Yes. Okay. And right. they'll often overlap. You'll have people in DS relationships and dominant and submissive relationships that also use aspects of bondage and that also use aspects of sensation play. But neither one of those have to be there for it to be a DS relationship. You can have a power exchange of authority without anybody ever getting tied up or ever getting hurt because in that sense it's about exchanging authority and power over another person regardless of what you do with that outside of the bedroom or really inside the bedroom I feel like I need a diagram. I don't. Okay. I'm following. I don't know why I'm following this. I'm, I'm with it. You're like, I'm so here for I'm this. I'm so here for this shit. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to put everything. I can totally draw you a diagram and email it to you later. You can post it with the podcast. I can hook you up. It's all good. That's yeah. perfect. Yes. That would be awesome. Do that. <laughs> Y'all don't want it. Never mind. Anyway. So. A... Go ahead. There's a negative connotation associated with kink um, that it's kind of a form of abuse or um and I guess, is there any merit to that? Like, is it 
abusive? I guess it could be, but if you're allowing it, it's not, right? So I do a lot of education within the kink community on how to differentiate between consent, consensual kink and abusive behavior. Mm. Um, Because a lot of kinky play can look very similar to abuse. It can be very rough. It can be very physical. Depending upon what the submissive person likes, it might be degrading. And there are things that to somebody that doesn't understand that dynamic looks very abusive. Um, There are some fabulous kink educators based out of San Francisco named Stefanos and Shay. And I was at one of their lectures last year and they said something that I actually thought was brilliant. And they said that, um, that, uh, power exchange is a quality of expectation. So for me, when I'm teaching social workers, how to differentiate between kink and abuse, or when I'm teaching a kinky group of people how to recognize abuse in a kinky relationship, what I always come back to is that idea of equality of expectations. For me, whatever the couple sets up for themselves, I'm okay with and all support as long as both people had a voice and a role in deciding what that was. And it might look really extreme to somebody outside that relationship, but if they negotiated it, And if there is mutual understanding about what's going to happen in that relationship, that to me is equality of expectations. Mm. Whereas with abuse, that's not there because the abused partner never knows what the abuser is going to do. They never know what's going to set them off. They never know what's going to happen next. They're walking on eggshells. There is no equality of expectation because there is no expectation they can have. So that for me is the big differentiator. I have clients and I have friends in the community that have a much more rough and sadistic form of kink than I have in my life. It's not necessarily something that I would be comfortable doing for myself. But if they have negotiated that, if they have talked that out, and if there are clear understandings from both people about what that's going to look like and where those limits fall, then there's that equality of expectation and that's a consensual relationship. Okay. I have a question. So have you, you have actually seen abuse within a kinky relationship like that? Like there's been issues where there's like, you know, I guess S and M or whatever, and it's carried over and been abusive. Like what? So (laughs) I generally am of the mindset In a true power exchange relationship, it's really difficult to have domestic violence because one of the primary principles within the kink community is this idea that the submissive person is the one that really has the power because they're the ones that set the limits and they're the ones that can say stop at any time. Mm -hmm. So when you have that dynamic and when you have, and just for the sake of this conversation, I'm just going to use man and woman and be concise for the sake of time if you have a man that has an abusive temperament and he meets a woman that's naturally submissive Uh his first instinct is going to be to groom her for abuse her first instinct is going to be to negotiate her parameters and my perspective having worked professionally with domestic violence survivors is that the abusive man is not going to stick around for a woman that's going to be 
having a conversation about her limits, her boundaries, and her steps. Mm-hmm. The abusive man is going to look for the woman that doesn't know how to have that conversation. Right. Okay. So generally speaking, where I see domestic violence, it's hiding behind kink, and it's not truly a consensual relationship. There's not that equality of expectation that you look for in a negotiated power exchange relationship. What I see more of within the kink community is a potential risk for sexual assault. Because so often in order to find other kinky people, the place to do that is online. Match.com does not have anywhere for you to say, I am a dominant sadist match day is not going to let you tell people you're submissive so so the people that need and want these relationships are drawn to more niche websites where it's easier to meet people online and we all know that meeting online you foster that emotional connection much faster and it's easier for people to place themselves in high-risk situations So I actually see more people that are at risk of sexual assault because of how difficult it is due to the stigma to meet safe and healthy partners than I do domestic violence because of the way that BDSM relationships are structured. I see nodding. So So you are, I guess, one half of a 24-7 kink relationship. I am. Can you tell us what that's like for you? Um, or just, I want to like, what role do you play? Are you dominant? Are you submissive? Do you all exchange these roles? Like talk about that. So I am very much the submissive partner in the relationship. Um, my Dom and I are both white collar professionals. We both have day jobs. You would never look at us and think that we have the relationship that we do unless you know to look for subtle cues in our interactions. Ah. Um, If we are at a business conference together or at a party, um, if we're walking through a room, his hand's on the back of my neck, not in a a controlling way, but in a protective, possessive way. Ah. It's a very subtle, she's mine sort of signal that's broadcast to the room that most people don't even pick up on. For me, this is really how I need my relationships to be. I would not be comfortable in a relationship that wasn't a power exchange relationship. And I say that as somebody that's like a diehard militant feminist. I say that as somebody that has a very public-facing job where I spend all day, every day working with business leaders in addition to my private practice therapy. And so it's not something that people would necessarily see in my personality, but in my home life, it's the dynamic I need to feel comfortable with my partner. So we have, um, we have rules. We have uh, just a dynamic in the way that we interact with each other that works well for us. Um, It might be easier for you to ask me questions rather than for me to ramble because I'm not really sure how to explain what our dynamic looks like. So do you think that your submissive role at home is due to the fact that you are a person of, I guess, power or, you know, with these leaders or whatever during the day? Is that an, and for you and for people that you deal with? Like, do you find that being the case, like somebody who has to be this power professional all day long, they want to come home and I guess kind of 
get rid of that burden or get that get that off their shoulder? Is it, I mean, is that generally the so case? There, there are some people for whom that's true. Oh, okay. There are, um, if you look in like New York or San Francisco, there are really, really high power like hedge fund managers that will pay professional dominatrixes to get them out of that headspace for a while. I really, truly believe that that is a catharsis and a coping mechanism for some people. Mm. But then I also think that for other people, their dominant or submissive nature is as much a part of who they are as their sexual orientation. Um, My oldest friend and I have been friends since we were eight years old. And we, she told me stories about us sitting behind the telephone pole at recess and us whispering about boys because that's right around the age you're starting to be aware of the potential for romance. Right. And all of my conversations about boys really centered around domination and being taken over. And before either of us even had a word for what kink was or what BDSM was, at eight and nine years old, the way I was describing my relationships was very much a power exchange relationship. Oh, wow. So I think, I think that for some people, it's just our natural setting. It's just what we look for, and it's we need that balance in order to be happy, regardless of what our career is. Oh, okay. But I also, but I also think that there are people in positions of power that just like having that outlet, and they will seek it out, not necessarily in their relationship, but in professional service as like a one-time. I've had a rough week. Do something that gets me out of that headspace, so I can go home and be out of the household again. For me, it's really just my nature and how I live my life. Oh, okay. Okay. So what kind of rules do you have in your relationship? Um, the biggest one for us, and this is not necessarily true in every relationship, is that we have negotiated blanket consent. So what that means is that I have voluntarily given up my right to say no. Oh, if Lord. he needs me to do something... <laughs> Or if he wants to do something, then I'm going to give it the college try. And he knows me really well. He knows my mind. He knows my heart. He knows my body really well. And he knows where to stop, even when I wouldn't necessarily have said stop. But whether that's, I know you worked a 12-hour day today, but can you pick up dinner on the way home and cook when you get home? Yes, I'll do that. If it's, I spent all day in meetings and it would really be enjoyable for me to tie you to the bedpost and beat the hell out of you for a little while. Yes, I will do that. I have voluntarily given up. No. Wow. So that's one rule. We also have voluntarily gave up anything to you. As the dominant, that's not necessarily what I asked for. What I will say is he takes on a, I'm going to go with the word protector, but it's not entirely accurate because it's not like I'm living in a cottage in the woods, (laughs) but he he very much takes on a, what I can't handle or when life gets overwhelming, he steps in and he's like, I've got you. Uh So, um, simple things like I have a rent account set up. That's got my rent money in it. He's in charge of paying my rent. Okay. Because it's one less thing for me to do. You don't have to to worry about that. I like that. 
It's one of those protective things. It's one of those I'm taking care of you things. I feel like I could live that life. <laughs> except, for the, except for the no thing. Except for the no. Just yeah. But like, just take and, care of all the shit I don't want to do. And keep in mind, that no is really unique to us. There are a lot of DS couples that have negotiated limits and negotiated boundaries. And the dominant person knows where those no's are and they respect that. So our relationship is unique in that way. But we have little subtle things, too. Like every day before he leaves for work, he takes an eyeliner pen and writes his name somewhere on my body. Mm. And all day long while I'm at work, when I'm going to my meetings, when I'm meeting with my clients, when I'm presenting at a conference, no matter what I'm doing, whether it's super low-key and meeting with one of my um, couples or whether it's me presenting in front of 500 fellow professionals – I know that on my shoulder blade, on my hip, on the curve of my breast, wherever he felt like that day, I'm wearing his name. And it's subtle, but it's really kind of sexy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to the store and buying me a Sharpie tonight. Awesome. I like that idea. I can see that working. (laughs) I do. I like that idea. I can see that working. Yeah. You know, it's like a a quick room. Yeah, it is. It's like a little quick reminder. Y'all are awesome. That's great. Yeah. I love that. So basically, uh, trust levels, you know, dictate, well, do you think trust levels dictate? Like you said, some couples will have boundaries. Is it because they don't trust their partner or just like what they're comfortable with? I think it's what they're comfortable with. I think that if you trust somebody, then you trust them to tell them where your limits lie. Yeah. I think that that's, if I'm confident in the fact that my partner respects me and cares about me and my well-being, I should be able to say, I'm not going to do this and trust that they're going to be okay with that. So I don't think that our relationship is more trusting because I've given up my no. I think that there can be just as much trust and clearly defined boundaries and limits. It's really about the couple and what they need for themselves and with each other. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. It does. So I know you said there's limitations. What is one thing that you you are definitely no? We will not. Well, she can't tell him no. She can't say no. Here's the thing, though. (laughs) When I say I've, I've voluntarily given up my no, that's an act of consent that happens every day. If I really, truly wanted to say no, I could. It's a choice I make. It's a gift I give every day. I give up my no every day. And part of why I can do that is because I know that he knows where my limits lie. So to answer your question, I'm absolutely terrified of needles. I, If I have to get blood work at the doctor, my doctor gives me advance notice, topical anesthetic, and a value. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> you are too much. You are too I, I, I do not do needles. But there are some people that find, like, needles and, like, that sort of, like, pokey, proddy stuff super sexy. Really? Yeah, I'm... I'm not going to yuck their yum. I'm not going to judge them. It's a thing, and they're entitled to their thing. But it's I had no idea that was a thing. thing. Me either. Needles? But, he, needle but since play? he knows you, he wouldn't yeah. even try exactly. that. Wait, wait, wait. What is he needle play me- called first? Let's toss. <laughs> 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 what is needle play called? Is there a Literally that. It's called, no, it's called needle play. Oh, it's called, okay. Yeah, no, they'll just call it needle play. I got to go watch this. Like, I'm so going to go watch the videos. <laughs> Do they poke each but, other until they bleed? Like, 
like I just don't, is it like a little prick or is it like a little you know like different people do different things I can't I like I have enough of a needle phobia that this is not something I have chosen to look into very deeply <laughs> so what I know is all third hand but if you guys choose to research it you will find it um, but circling back to the idea of trust and giving up my nose I'm comfortable saying that I won't say no because I know that he knows me well enough not to ask for that yeah you know what i mean you guys have a great he relationship what that he knows that that would not be fun for me that would yeah. not be enjoyable that would not be stretching me in a way that i'm comfortable with he knows that would send me into panic and he loves me and he protects and takes care of me so i can choose to give up my no because i know that he's not going to put me, put me in a position where i have to say no because yeah. you trust him that is wonderful yeah. i love Doesn't that relationship Absolutely. sound like That's really great. good hell yeah like minus the needles, hard pass. Well, Y'all she didn't. She's not gonna. <laughs> no, I know she's not doing the needles, but no, I'm saying that shit's awesome. In I'm other like relationships, yeah. minus the needles. I don't need any. Needles. Well, it's not gonna work for somebody like you know that. Um, don't fully trust. Well, not even that. I mean, if you're if you're the person who's gonna be, have to be the dominant, it would never work. You know what I mean? Because she's basically like she just said. If he asks her to come home and cook after 12 hours at work, she's like, sure. Of course. And they'll be like, I'm sorry, my phone, I, I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> I'll be like, you want who to cook? What? Right. So, I'm stopping so, on the way home. Okay, I'll stop and get something. Like, cook every day? Oh, no. Right. But you wouldn't give up your no either, so. No. Like, you would, that relationship would not work Oh, my God. That would be so tough. Oh, Lord. That would be so hard to be like, I'm just going to say yes all the time. I'm having a panic you know, attack you, right now. You think it would be hard, but in some ways it makes life so much easier because I'll give it, I'll use myself as an example. I was married for 17 years mm -hmm. prior to this relationship and I did not give up my nose and it was a more egalitarian relationship. And I'm sure all of you are familiar with the nights when your boy wants it and you're just not in the mood. Mm. And it turns into the, come on, baby, please. Come on, baby, just just a little bit. I'll be fast, I promise. <laughs> and, and then you have to negotiate that. And there's that whole conversation. And either you give in and you have sex that you really didn't want, so it's mm. not that enjoyable for you. It's like, fine, just do it so I can go back to sleep. Yeah. Or you say no, and then you're both like, all right, well, you're a bitch for not doing it. And I feel like, <laughs> and you're a bitch for asking me to. And like, it, it <laughs> But are you? It, it makes things uncomfortable. But are you for me? Saying... My, my life is so much simpler in that respect because I just say yeah, and I do it happily and I do it joyfully. And the fact that I never need to worry about whether or not it matters—it's just I, I say yes. That's part of my job, and I really love it. But are you and saying when I say yes? Job, I mean job in my relationship. Oh Lord. <laughs> Are, are you saying yes sometimes when you actually don't want to do something? No. Okay. And the interesting thing with that is he knows me well enough to know when I'm tired, when okay. I'm not feeling well, when I've had a long day. And there have been times where I look at him like, we absolutely can. Like, I, you know, I won't say that we, if, if you want to, if, 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 we will help you relax. We will make you happy. We can. And he'll look at me and say, you've had a really long day and I want you to rest. 
So, so you really have all of the control in this relationship. Like yeah, you are low. Yeah, you're you're totally the dominant on, in the sub, from coming from a submissive point of view. That's fucking awesome. You're my hero. But I see, like that. that's that's the nature of a power exchange relationship. Is the submissive person is able to give up that authority because they have enough of a trust and their dom has enough of a connection with them to know where those limits are and to read their submissive like a book. So that is so interesting that, you know, like he cares enough to, to not try to force you into it when he can tell that you don't feel well, when like you were saying, your ex-husband would have been like, please just let me stick the tip in. Right. And you're like, just roll exactly. over. Yeah. You know? I'll be real quick. Five minutes. Yeah. Five, that's it. Like, I know you have a really bad migraine and you just threw up across, you know, the right. toilet or whatever. But just let me stick just the tip in. Bust please. it right. open for a real place. I have to. And this guy's like, listen, I'm just not going to whip you tonight. You know, like, I can tell that you can't help. You can't handle it. But in the morning, your ass is mine. Beautiful. We, we need to get into these sex toys. Like, <laughs> There is nothing less dominant than a man that's begging you for sex. Right? No shit. You are man. such a weak bitch. Just kidding. Yeah. No, not, not really, though. <laughs> okay, so, like, the, the, what kind of toys do you advise for beginners, like, you know, to, like, to beat each other with safely? To start off. Well, first of all, how do you start off and tell your partner you want that? That's That was my next question. Start there. Go ahead, Jen. Say it. Like, how do you, how do you. How do you tell your partner this is what you want? Uh, carefully. <laughs> uh, usually what I suggest is renting a sexy movie. <laughs> not necessarily porn. Because we all know porn is fun, but it's not realistic. It's like the Olympic athletes of sex. It's not what happens in real life. Mm -hmm. So rent something that's not Fifty Shades but that has some of those same tones and things that turn you on and use that to start a conversation. Use that to say, you know, that was really hot when that person did that to her or when she did that to him. What do you think about that? And then see where your partner's head is. And if they go, oh my God, I would never, then you know you have more work to do than if they went, yeah, that was super sexy. Because then you go, well, would you want to try that? And that starts your conversation. Mm. So, I'm sorry, real quick, and then we can get into the toys. In that situation, um, you know, if they choose to say, I'm not comfortable with that, if that's what you're into, do you advise, you know, looking for another partner who's more open to what you're looking for? You know, I think it really depends on the person. I think some people like the sensory play, and they're perfectly happy not having it. There are people that enjoy the feeling of being tied up or the feeling of getting flogged, but it's not necessarily a key cornerstone of their identity. And then there are people that really need that to be sexually satisfied, or they really need that power exchange in order to feel comfortable in their relationship. Mm. And so you have to do a lot of introspection and, and really be aware of where you are in yourself to know where you fall on that spectrum. If it's something that you think might feel good, but if it doesn't happen, you can live without it. I don't necessarily see a problem with the relationship. 
But if you know in your heart of hearts that you are a dominant personality and that you are never going to be content in any relationship unless there's some form of power exchange there and your partner looks at you and goes, yeah, that's never going to happen. That's where most of my couples come to my practice, honestly, is when there needs to be a negotiation about what this relationship's going to look like. So you're like the contract negotiator. She said she wants to whoop your ass and (laughs) she can't come unless she's popping you. We need to let this happen. I want to, you know, find you up and I want you to sit in the corner until I tell you it's okay to come out. Right. That is what you would like, isn't it? Oh my God, that would be so awesome. Yeah. yeah, I want to do that so bad. Like I'm just over here, like brewing, fold up, fold up fetal style. Oh my yeah. goodness! And lay there and breathe I, through that your would right make me so, only. That would make my pussy extremely dry. Really? <laughs> Fuck yes. Go sit in the corner right now. I would love to do that. No, but that's not your everyday. That's just a part of it. Like no, it's, I think I would be happier in a situation like what she has in the submissive. But see, here's what's scary to me. I could do both. Like I could literally see myself. You doing don't even both. shut up at home. I do shut up. Okay, I really do. <laughs> um, all right. So, what type of toys would you advise for a beginner? <laughs> Let's just move the fuck on while Sharana's trying to lie. So like what for real? (laughs) Now the bitch wearing an apron at home talking about what can I? No, she's like fuck this, fuck Fuck that inner chef uniform with them checking ass pants on. I'm really not. I'm really not. Okay, so yes, what type of toys would you advise for beginners? Well, that would beg the question: what What is this beginner looking for? Are they wanting to be tied up? Are they wanting to get hit? Are they wanting to play with power and control? Okay. So, like, does anybody so, have an example of, like, what they, I don't know, like, what kind well, of relationship would you want to be? She, you want to be what? Dominant. dominant. She wants to be dominant. But what is your well, theme? I, what is it you well, really okay, like? okay, I joke about being dominant. Like, okay. <laughs> we find that really hard to believe. I am, I'm, I am pretty submissive. <laughs> like, in the bedroom, I am in the bedroom area. I am submissive. Like I like things done to me. I don't really Do want. Do you see to... how Michelle is looking at you right now? <laughs> like, no, bitch, you right lie. That low key sounds like being a dominant though. Like, eat no, my it ass. is like, but it's being a dominant like her. Like, but you're being a dominating by being submissive. But see, that, the rest of that stuff for her, she wouldn't be able to do yeah, though. Like, you know, I like I like being right. taken control of because they can't do it. Outside. Outside the bedroom. Pretty much so. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, okay. So using that example, I would suggest things like um, handcuffs or leather cuffs. Oh, A lot of people want to use ties or silk ribbons, or I've seen people that want to use zip ties because they're cheap. It's like $500 for two bucks or 500 for two bucks. But anything like that, if you're brand new, you run a risk of cutting off your circulation. Mm. So I always suggest for beginners, if you want to experiment with getting tied up, you want to avoid things where your partner's the one doing the tying because you don't necessarily have the skill level yet to know how to tie somebody up safely without pinching a nerve or cutting off circulation. Motherfuckers gonna be so handcuffs or some nice leather cuffs are really nice. Um, if you want to experiment with impact play and like getting 
beaten hit. Um, I usually suggest a suede flogger because some people really like like a thud, like a solid thunk, and some people really like like a stinging sort of sensation. Stinging things tend to be more painful. Thuddy things tend to be a little bit less painful. Suede is softer. So suede is going to give you a nice thud, but it's not going to be really super painful. And it gives you a way to experiment with that sensation without doing a lot of physical damage or without um, taking the pain factor too high right off the bat. Okay. So if you like your ass slap while you're having sex, what is that? Uh, Ass slapping for me, and I can only speak to my body. Slapping for me is a very, very stingy feeling. That falls in the sting under the spectrum. I actually don't so, like it. Yeah, so slapping is more stingy. Thudding if you think more of like, I'm going to say like a punch, but not like a punch to the face. Like imagine like a Swedish massage where they're really digging into the muscle. Mm-hmm. That's more of the thuddy thing, thuddy side of things. And a slap is more the stingy side of things. Yeah. Hmm. So are people, there are people though who like the stingy though, right? Yeah. Yes. But for a beginner, I usually recommend staying more towards the softer material, thuddy side of thing until you know how hard you like things, if you like things, and then experiment outward from there. Okay. Well, this has been really extremely interesting. interesting. Best show ever. Don't forget the diagram. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need that. I will send you the diagram, not a problem. Okay. Well, we enjoyed you, but how did you guys like the swine? I really liked it. Um, it feels that was so abrupt. What? It was abrupt. Like, I needed to be eased into that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like um, the line is like light and fluffy, like a cloud, like a cloud or a Care Bear. Yes, a Care Bear, and just like bouncing around, and it's like, oh, I can start about my day now. I have so a question. Like, what did you drink before you got here? For real, because so I mean, is this so like, when she sat down, would this be like morning wine? It would be morning, morning wine. wine. I was so I was just about to say Hold that. Up. Like, it's, what it's is like morning the, wine? It's like the perfect wine that you drink before work. Yeah. Like, what the hell? What the entire vibe? They don't know about morning wine. It's okay. It's, it's like, so y'all drink it's like wine? wine it's, it's, it's morning it's wine. It's no different than a mimosa. Like, it's like what the but we're yeah, off. But before work. Not before, before work. Before like, work is like 7 in the okay, morning. Okay, so like, first of all, y'all can't function? I, like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Because I would be in there like, what I'm not going to do <laughs> is what you're so, telling me to do. I mean, and I'm I would get fired. more contained than that. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey. so I can handle it. Like, in the morning, like, you never took a swig? Work, that you? is really I used alcoholic. to when I didn't work around a lot of people. Like, I would just work by myself. I mean, it may be but... alcoholic type behavior, but I mean, it gets you through the day. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I used to have work wine. There's a lady that um, at the hospital that uh, my coworkers like, I really think that she's in her office drinking wine. And I was like, she might be. She probably is. She I probably mean, is. the way she talks about those people and how they stress her out, I wouldn't be surprised. The bitch across from me used to have work vodka. I just had work wine, but she had work vodka in her coffee. Her name was Yvette. So you were just telling on her? Girl, this was so many years ago. Oh, okay. No, not now. No, I just don't think it would. It wouldn't be conducive to Everybody's me. Everybody's a crackhead in, in the chef world. Yeah. Like, Mm-mm. Whatever. <laughs> um, I almost 
feel like we have to have you back. I know. Um, <laughs> that's I love you. Like, you're so it's awesome. Like, oh, my God. You can have me back anytime. I think we covered maybe three of the questions you sent me. I know, oh, right? No. It's just, like, so much. It's like... But, yeah, it was... It, there's a lot. Like, we could probably have a whole episode on each seriously part of the acronym you know seriously. Like, that probably would be really good like bec- that because i mean there's just so much that yeah it goes into it you should have seen my list of questions i had she did and oh she, you did she was yeah. like i'm not a sex worker yeah <laughs> I wasn't trying to call you a sex worker. She did not give us like a full description of what you do. I know now. I know now what what you, what all you do. But it was just like off the cuff. Like this lady that does like is like a counselor, but is like into BDS, BDSM, blah blah blah. And I was like, oh okay. But all those questions I typed in like a minute and a half. Like I'm not even joking. And, and just, just to reassure you. I told Danielle some of my favorite people are sex workers. I wasn't offended at all. I just wanted to make sure that you guys were getting who you thought you were getting. That's all. <laughs> oh, so you can refer me later. Okay, cool. Perfect. Right. That's, Thank one of her jobs. That's part of her job. Yep. That's part of her job. Got it. Got it. So, Danielle, what is your score, though? Um, I actually would give this one a 23 because I feel like it has some room to grow. Okay. <laughs> She was doing project management. <laughs> she always is. I know. She goes to bed at night looking bear. at like a, a risk matrix. She's like, okay, so. A risk matrix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to uh, give it um, a 20. It was sort of like flavorless to me. So. Village, my ass. <laughs> I I was gonna say twenty two, and for the same reason, like you don't. What's what did, did y'all you, taste? How did y'all feel when y'all drank it? Like, did it take you back to a moment in time? No. 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 It has no. I don't. When I'm racing with destiny. Oh my god. Okay. So sorry. Wait, sorry. I'm done. Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, come on. Oh, you should have done that last time. How about you bitches tell us if it was good or not? I give it a seven. What? A seven? Sharonda. What? That's just the number that... It feels like a seven. Why? I don't like, like you. like a fucking seven. It's a seven. I Why don't. is it a seven? So, so you gave it one, one whole uh, five and then... <laughs> Two like, points. Let me, two, let me pick from these because y'all uh, don't apply to it. Okay, bye. Jid, <laughs> what the fuck is your I, number? You said 20. Okay, Sharon, I'm done with you. It's like, it's, well, it's not leggy either. <laughs> no, it's like, not. No, but you, it's really, really light. I like the yeah, lightness. Yeah, it is. And the, I gave it a good number on the clarity. <laughs> bye. That's the only you, one you that's scored. All you gave it. It doesn't really have much of a finish. It does mm-hmm. not. Yeah, no, no, no. And it's not, I, I guess I like the stronger flavor and mm. it really is not yeah. like that. it has no flavor that's and exactly what my palate isn't just like clean like it's n- no it's not defined yeah so it's just like 
It could be like random table risk with management no, with no label on it, and it's like you know. Uh, oh my god, that's all I'm gonna think about now. It's like tap water. It's like tap water. I'm a, you yeah. know I'm gonna put that in the review. It's like that's fucking fine. tap water. I mean, tap it, water. It is literally tap flavorless. Yeah. flavorless. Yeah. Okay. It, that's why I gave it a seven. So fuck. And then it's fucking off. called Village anyway. <laughs> the Village people. I mean, yes, I did buy it or whatever, but so, <laughs> so okay. Um, Stephanie. I know you don't, um, well, I usually ask people if they want to get famous or not, but I'm pretty sure that you don't want anybody to be like, hey, I heard you talking about being a submissive on that podcast. I would love to follow you on social media. So never mind that. Okay. So if people want to reach out to me, the best way to do that is through my website, which is bountogethercounseling.com. Okay. Um, they can email me through there and that lets them ask any questions they have in a way that's not social media because nobody really wants to ask their kinky questions on social media. Right. I don't give a damn. Except Sharonda. Right. They make a fake page they don't to care. be like, hey, I want to <laughs> ask a question <laughs> with that whole. No, Sharonda so was doing it from her actual page. Oh, I know she anal. would. Like, I don't give a so damn. About the, the ice cream and the vomit. Right. Ew. <laughs> so my nipple from the clamps, right? Is Can you hot wire? Like, <laughs> so I'm what so kind disturbed. of wax exactly is yeah? No, I'm like so doesn't some people like put um with the battery thing? Yeah. Yeah, on their nipple. To get shocked. A light, a light shock. yeah, yeah, they want to get shocked. Yeah. With good. that little wand thingy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, we have one of those. Oh. oh! How does that feel? Well, obviously you like it, but like what, how like strong is it? Okay, hold on. I would like to challenge you on the obviously you like it thing. Because that comes back to I've given up my nose and some things I like more than others. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's a lower level yes. I like the fact that it makes my dom very happy to zap me. I don't oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah. that's cool. Now, the answer to the question of what does it feel like is if any of you have tattoos, the violet wand kind of feels like getting line work done. It's that kind of like stingy tracing feeling. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's a stingy. I want a whole sleeve, so, you know, I'm good on that. Okay, well. <laughs> you should take a picture of this face <laughs> like that. I know, right? Okay, so boundtogethercounseling.com is what we said, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. If you want to find us, just go to betweenusgirlspodcast.com. And, like, we're not going to talk about that kind of stuff, but there's other <laughs> cool shit going on there. You can catch up on all of our latest episodes. And, you know, you can uh, join our Facebook group if you want to talk about stingy stuff and thuds and, you know, like, getting beat up or whatever when we release the episode <laughs> what? so you can join the conversation oh my god nobody can totally that. do that yeah you can totally do it you could totally just dive into the conversation right that way exactly oh my god i don't care <laughs> yeah do you know what matter of fact i encourage you to join our group and make a post about getting kinky yeah do that and and we're gonna make fucking fun of you but it's gonna be so much fun no, no, no one's us. gonna make fun I mean, of you. No, I'm not. What, what no. you need to do, what you need to do, is reference Danielle's uh, comment about getting vomited on, and then we'll know it's real. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But post that shit. I want to read it. We're not gonna make fun of you. Yeah. No. Oh, okay, they're lying. 
All right. Well, I will delete Danielle's comments. Okay. Toronto's like, I have the power there. I've got power. We all have power. All right. So this was a fun episode. This is great. Does anybody have anything to add before Danielle sends us off? No. Danielle. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on Between Us Girls. But don't keep it a secret. Listen and share with everyone you know. See you next week.